Genesis chapter 4. Way in the beginning of our history with the Lord, with God. Just the first seven verses. Now, Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? And if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, Sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And we know in the next couple of verses that Cain killed his brother Abel out of hatred, envy, jealousy. Well, we have have, uh, the story of the two of them that bring offerings to the Lord. And, uh, and, of course, as we just read, uh, Cain's was rejected, but Abel's was received. Now, Cain's offering, uh, he brought an offering from a ground that God had cursed. Cursed it is the ground. God told him, and thistles and thorns uh, will uh, grow in it and be in the way. And so, uh, but that's what he did. He was a farmer. So he... He tilled the ground, you know, and he broke it up so that it would be receptive to the food. And, and then he uh, opened it up, perhaps, and planted his seeds in there and then uh, recovered them. And then he watered it and he watched it and he weeded it and he kept the birds out of it, did everything right. And when he went and picked it, pulled out this delicious fruit from an earth, though the earth was cursed, it wasn't as dead and spoiled as it is today. It must have been wonderful fruits. I don't know what he had. Brother Basali and I always thought he had uh, maybe mangoes and uh, watermelons in the garden. That's what he and I thought. So, uh, but he brings this fruit and, uh, and it's God refuses him. And perhaps he, perhaps he took those foods, the fruits and the vegetables out and took, maybe he even took the best and cleaned them all up and made them look perfect and brought them out of an offering to God, and God doesn't accept it. You see, it was by his own works and his own efforts, what he could produce, what he could give to God, and that's the best I can do, therefore God ought to accept it. And God doesn't receive us on that ground. So God accepts Abel's offering. Abel's offering was by blood, and uh, he brought this animal, uh, which he had sacrificed, and we have no record of how they learned that this was the proper way. But, of course, uh, <clears throat> we know from other scriptures that the life is in the blood. Leviticus 17:11. the life is in the blood. And Hebrews 9, remission and forgiveness of sin. Uh, there's no forgiveness or remission without the blood being shed. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So perhaps they learned from, uh, Abel learned from his parents, you know. Adam and Eve 
they were uh, in the garden and God went looking for them and they were hiding themselves. And he called them, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, I'm hiding because I'm naked. Now they had taken leaves, these big fig leaves, and he'd sewn them together. If you looked at them, they weren't naked. But spiritually, they were naked. They looked naked. They realized they were naked before God because God was righteous and God was holy. And they had sinned which they couldn't deal with. So God provides animal skins for them now to cover them. Now in order to provide animal skins, uh, the animal had to be killed. The blood had to be shed. And we see that uh, that the uh, God provides the blood to cover their sin so that they're not immediately responsible for it, covered it over until the time when the perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb would come, Jesus himself, and would make sacrifice, and then that sin could be taken away. And our brother said in his prayer when he gave thanks for the cup, he referred to the precious blood of Jesus which was shed for us. Well, so Abel sacrificed the lamb. What's the uh, application for us? What's the application for you and me? And you know, many many approach God. This uh, Adam had a blood. I mean, uh, Abel. <laughs> Abel had a blood offering, and Cain had a bloodless offering. And there lies the problem. And many today follow in the way of Cain, and they bring a bloodless offering to God. And yet we read that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So people will approach God with their own sacrifices. And I even had a man, I said before, I even had a man tell me once the reason he could go to heaven. He was good to his family, didn't beat his wife, he held uh, no malice in his heart for anyone, he paid his taxes, they're all what he was doing. And that's religion, that's man's effort to reach God. But God's effort to reach us was the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he, uh, he's, we need to receive his offer to remove the debt of sin. His life to pay for mine. That the sin requires the sacrifice of the innocent life. We saw it with Adam. And right away, right in the beginning, it's instruction for us. And then uh, the life blood uh, covered his sin. The lifeblood for us would pay for our sin. So without the shedding of blood, look here, without the shedding of blood, no forgiveness of sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And apart from that, there is no other way. Amen. Maybe a brother has a hymn.